Welcome to episode 17 of season 2 of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. Dude, you sound a little I, shaky this morning. What's going on? I am, I am a little shaky. I'm suffering from uh, bat mitzvah, uh, uh, you know, the after effects of, of too much bat mitzvah. Oh, did what do you, you call that? Did you get did you get hip checked at the Viennese table? What's going on? Uh, you know, this this time there was no stampede at the dessert <laughs> table. I didn't injure myself doing the horror. Ah, oh, the most I, world's most dangerous dance. Exactly, but I didn't lift the chair. Oh god, good for you, man. You know, I stand I in the like, corner. I, <laughs> I stand I in the corner Jordan. far I like, away. I just don't want to like see Jordan. I don't. I just I like don't want to see Uncle Mo chair. get mowed down. Uncle mowed down. <laughs> yeah, but I have, I've definitely got the bat mitzvah hangover this morning, despite uh, not having had a drop of alcohol last night. <laughs> what time? What time did the affair end? The affair was from about eight to twelve. It was beautiful. It a was big mazel. A big mazel to a your big, sister. Big mazel to the whole Rothschild and Di Pietra families. Wonderful. She was beautiful. But, she you know, read her funny. portion, have, okay? She, dude, she read the mother of all Haftorah portions. Really? It it was over 50, uh, 50, whatever, sukim, which means like sentence, not sentences, but like little chapterettes. I just want so to say that we, we all owe a debt of gratitude to Saddam Hussein. for for Why? Because he was the one who said when the United States started deploying forces to Saudi Arabia... In the summer of 1990, in response to his invasion of Kuwait, that it was going to be the mother of all battles. And yeah, people true. have been saying for the 28 years since, people have been that's saying, true. oh, the mother of all. And you just said it was the I, mother of all Haftar reports. So thanks, Saddam. It was. Yeah, thank, thank you, Saddam. You, Saddam. Yeah. I, I was wondering where you were going with that. I'm like, hey, <laughs> we're talking about my niece's bat mitzvah, and now we're talking about Saddam Hussein. Yeah. But that was good. I, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. So, I mean, it was like, 13 minutes or something like that. It was Jesus. long and she, and she stay knocked awake? it out. It was, I mean, you know, we were all, we were all like, wow, how much longer is this going to go? It was a marathon, but she, yeah. she did it. Yeah. And then after the Torah portion, it's time for Hangba. Hangba, your, yeah. Your, your favorite, your favorite activity. <laughs> so my, my sister asked, uh, my, our friend Ian and his wife, Rachel, and Ian is, a, a long time Amen Corner listener and my, my oldest friend from <laughs> Is he experienced in Hagba? He, you know, he is so experienced in Hagba. He is a Hagba expert, I would say. <laughs> okay, all right. He can so teach Hagba classes. He, he can teach a master class in Hagba. <laughs> wow. How about that? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So Ian does his thing, lifts the Torah, does the Hagba, comes back to where we're sitting, and he looks at me and goes, you tell Stephen that's how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. I'm like, and that's how you hogba. <laughs> that's great. That is awesome. Way to go. Ian. Yes. I, I want to learn from great, you, man. I want to learn from you. It was a great moment. It was a great moment in Hagba history and a great moment in Amen Corner history. I think we're going to have to, we may have to give the, the, the Hagba uh, uh, duties at, at Maddie's, uh, at Maddie's, Batman's foot to my sister, just because I did it really? at Seth and Justin's, you know? Huh. You should invite Ian, just so he can do the hog <laughs> Do you know what my biggest fear? 
One of my biggest fear at Maddie's Bat Mitzvah is that I'm going to have to pay attention to the service. Oh, like I can't like rough. surreptitiously be texting you during the during the service. That's a good point. I thought your biggest fear would be that your check would bounce. <laughs> no, no, no. I think we have the financials. It's just the actually sitting. Fear, it's like actually sitting my, in the front row and like being engaged in the service is really going to yeah, be the challenge pretend, for you me. You can pretend. You, you can pretend for a half. I mean, I think I was texting you through your kids' services, but your phone was off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. My I, and the the second biggest fear, of course, is the recurring fear of the stampede at the Viennese table. <laughs> Uh, three, all the, all three the old middle, people three shoving candy schoolers. in their bags. What? Three, mid, three middle schoolers were trampled to death by a bunch of. <laughs> that's always, bunch that's of always hungry, in like the police blotter in the New York Jewish Week. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Seventy-year-old needs hip replacement after a freak <laughs> Viennese table accident. Oh my oh, god! Oh man. <sighs> Um, omelet station fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's at the brunch. So you Seriously. going? Are you going to the brunch? There's a brunch this uh-huh. morning. It's a, a lot, lot of family, man. It's a lot of family it's time. Of, it's a lot of family. It's Friday a lot of night food. dinner. It's like, sh- it's, it's like Shiva without the body. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Shiva without the body. Sorry, you got you got the Friday night dinner. You yeah, got, Friday night dinner. You, you got, got the service, the kiddish lunch. You got a little break, Followed but of course people come over. People are going to come back to the house. And <sighs> then the party. And then there's, then there's the party. And then there's and brunch the next day. I'm telling you, I'm going to start taking out the vacuum when I want people to leave. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be at the we brunch. Have, You'll be at the brunch and I'm going to get this, this glint in my eye and all of a sudden you're going to see me with the vacuum. We once <laughs> went to... Like a rehearsal dinner for our friend's wedding the mm-hmm. night before their wedding, and it was up yeah. in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, where they got married, right? And my, my friend James Taylor the played, the, played the event. I always think James of like James Taylor, Taylor when people talk about and Carly that. Simon. Yeah. yeah. So so that we went back to his parents' house. Dream like from Stockbridge to Boston. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. We, we went back to his parents' house after the dinner, and, you know, there's, like, a party and whatever. And his parents come at a certain point, and his father looks around and goes, all right, get everyone the hell out of here right now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> He's like, That's it. The party's over. Everybody out. And, you know, we weren't, like, 15-year-olds getting wasted right. in the guy's in basement. The ba- in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> we, this is like a legitimate, like you know, rehearsal dinner party, and he's like, "All right, I don't give a damn. Get everybody out of here." I'm like, "That's fucking." That guy's in the charge. With like the, you weren't in the basement with like the purple lights and the exactly. and the like rush cranking, <laughs> and everybody passing around the, a freaking pipe. Yeah, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Oh, but he's like, like, I don't care. And my friend is like, but dad, you know, everyone's having a good time. He's like, get them the hell out of here. It was awesome. I'll see him at the wedding. It, it That's was awesome. hilarious. That, that, and then, as a matter of fact, it was at Ian's oldest daughter's bat Ian, the Hogba master? The Hogba, you know, we're going to name the Hogba trophy, the Ian Scheinman. <laughs> Ian Scheinman Hogba trophy. I love it. But at, at his oldest daughter's bat mitzvah party, yeah. Ian's dad, yeah. who is also not to be trifled with, right. 
did did Ian the, learn his hogba skills from his dad? I don't know, but he he learned his ass kicking skills from his dad. Uh, I think. Got it. So okay. so the party was at their house, and, and yeah. it was June, so we it was outdoors. But so we were going back and forth between the house and outside. And I think the Rangers were in the Stanley Cup Finals, so the team this is was on. This is No, no, no. No, this is a couple of years ago. Oh, 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 and, it, oh, and they when, lost in the finals. I always think, yeah. I don't think of the finals, the, the one time they when won they in won. the last 50 yeah. years. Yeah, okay. Yeah, give that give that one up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're going back and forth, and people are watching, and people, and there's a little kid, he's got to be like eight or nine years old, a, who falls asleep in this big, comfortable chair. So Ian's dad looks at him, and I'm standing there with my brother-in-law Lenny, and we're just watching this happen. Ian's dad he starts to, he starts to like he grabs the kid by the shoulder a little bit, like he pushes, gives him a little you know like push, like hey, hey, you okay? And, and you know he's like he says to the kid he's like you okay? And the kid sort of like stirs and looks at him he's like yeah, yeah I'm okay he's like well you're in my chair. <laughs> I knew that was I knew that's where we're going with that. <laughs> and I'm like. All right, this is up there in like my top five moments of all time. Like this is just so he is just such a badass. He's like, he's like, you're in my chair, and the kid got up because that's that's what you do for the old school dads. Dude, he sounds like an awesome crank. That's great. Yeah, that's great. It was so, awesome. It was awesome. So what's anyway. uh, what's chafing you this week? Uh. Chafing is such a good word. Like, <laughs> I love chafing it. Chafing me, like it's like I have diaper rash. It's chafing me. Uh, I mean, the, my general, you know, general sense of ennui and Melly's, given the the current political climate, is yeah. you know pretty standard. I think you know has anything really been happening this week other than the usual crazy? I mean. You know what? One of the big things, I think it happened yesterday or the day before. Mueller? Aren't we firing Mueller or whatever his name is? And then that stupid memo? That, that guy, Devin uh, you News. Know, Who the hell votes for this guy? He's a Russian cat paw. Jesus. Cat paw. That's a great word. Uh, I'm coming up with two What's, today. Chafe, he chafes me. That Russian yeah. cat paw chafes well, me. Let's talk about cat paw. Let's, <laughs> like, define, let's define that word for our listeners. Well, think about a cat paw. Think how, like, yeah. you know, it kind of, cat paw kind of, like, thrusts out and, like, does something, you know? And, like, <laughs> that's how the Russians are using units to, like, kind of push things out and kind of... Press I feel buttons like he's a, and stuff like that. He's, he's like a, a criminal. He, he's criminal. He's His, been elected eight times. Who, who does like he represent? He is. He represents criminal obstruction. <laughs> and somebody's got. They've got to vote that guy out. Like I they know. need to send him home. And that guy Matt he Gates is, from Florida, Hollywood, Florida. What does he have? Uh, Sixteen DWIs, DUIs. I think he has less than that because his father got him out of a few because, you know, when you're connected down there and you're white, the judges will oftentimes just throw, <laughs> okay. throw shit out. Yeah, that guy that guy was on TV this week talking about the, the FBI agents and the secret society. Dude, He's the unhinged. secret society was about the two FBI agents fucking. That was it. <laughs> and, and it was a joke. It, it was, was a joke. Cheap. It was like our secret fuck society. It wasn't about these guys, people are crazy. But you know what? They They're, know. They know they're just putting this stuff in the water because of the crazy constituency. Because Americans are dumb fucks. I I feel like Putin has got to be laughing, laughing his ass off his at ass us. Off. 
thinking, yeah. I can't believe how easy this is, how fucking stupid these people are. <laughs> right. Like, you talk how about a paper tiger. Stupid. Like, I knew Americans were naive and dumb, but Jesus, this seems <laughs> surpass even my wildest expectations. I know. Can you imagine, like, that Kremlin, like, dinner table conversation? Like, <laughs> Jesus, America. You watch this Fox News stuff? God, they're stupid. Oh, my God. At the, the line at the Kremlin cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> the, the water cooler. They're joking about how over borscht over their borscht. <laughs> Excuse me, you see you see Sean Hannity on Fox News? <laughs> They've He's got a water stupid. cooler that dispenses borscht. <laughs> Hot instead of the borscht. instead of the froyo machine in the cafeteria, they got the oh borscht God. machine. Do you think in the, in Congress there's a froyo machine <laughs> in the congressional cafeteria? I'm sure of it. <laughs> I've been there. Um, what flavor froyo do they have? Yeah, so so that's hard. So that's crazy. And Trump went to Davos because he's craving acceptance of the of the global elite. It's the only the only way Donald Trump could ever have been invited to Davos was to become the president of the United States. And so he's like, I'm the president of the United States. Fuck y'all. Here I am. It's interesting though that his whole campaign is built on the concept, the racist, uh, white supremacist concept of America first, yet he's going to hang out with the global elite and, and, he, and hobnob with them. And he was all about, you know, the forgotten man running against the yeah. global elite, but he was dying to go to Davos. Dying. This is the first president yeah. in 20 years to go to Davos? He was dying yeah. for it. All, all he wants is he's craving the acceptance of, of the global elite, of the New York Times. Yeah, but guess what? And they're He's, giving it to him. They're giving it to him. So, like, what's the problem? Because he didn't fling feces at, a, at <laughs> anyone at Davos. So they're like, this is the moment we've been waiting for. It's the Trump pivot. Right. He's Klaus, really whatever his, his name is, the Klaus Nazi who runs the World Economic Forum gave him a very nice intro. I hate to tell you, but your buddy Fareed Zakaria also talked about, like, this is a good moment it's, for it's, Trump. And, you know, Fareed, who I like very much and has been very good to me through my good to me throughout my career. A couple times, he, the, when uh, when we uh, shot fifty nine cruise missiles at a Syrian airbase, after telling everybody we were going to do it, Fareed was saying that this was a he was growing into the presidency. Look, yeah, everybody has their own idea. views. I don't see how anybody at that moment could have made that the case that that he was, or that he's done so since, or showing up at Davos and giving it's, a speech. I don't it's crazy. The normalization of this is just yes. ridiculous. Well, ridiculous. Speak. And if you want a if you want a master class in normalization, normalization one hundred and one. Yeah. Look no further than today's New York Times at Ross Duhat's column. Ross Asshat. Ross Asshat Duhat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell tell our listeners about about this column. It, it, what is the title of it? Um, Why Stephen it, Miller about, needs to be in the negotiations. Right, right but it, it's, it's about Stephen Miller. And Wait, I got it right here. I just pulled like, it up. Yeah. Hold on. The necessity of Stephen Miller. Yeah, right. Only the to his mother. Stephen Miller. Only to his mother in Orange County, California. I don't even think his mother <laughs> really wants him You know, anymore. if I had the views of Stephen Miller, my mother would have disowned me. She would have called me a thousand times, hung up on me a thousand times, told me how disappointed nice. she was at me. What do you told think your dad me, and, and, and like that, that, and my sister, 
if she's listening, will 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 know the sigh. My mother would give you this sigh. If you came home with like an 81 on a math test, you got yeah. this sigh. And yet, if I had those views, that's the, I would get that sigh nonsense. And then she just would cut me off. She wouldn't talk to me. What would, what would your father have done? My father would be like, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> you little shit bastard. I'm and quite then, certain that Stephen Miller's parents called him a little shit. <laughs> Or at least they think he's a little shit. My father would also, he would have come up shit. with some creative things. He would have called me a cretin, a little shit bastard, <laughs> things like that. He didn't always curse. I mean, he would have had some good argument, but, the, but it would have been it would have been peppered with those kinds of things. Cretin. Well, so that's pusillanimous cretin or something Miller. like that. What? Cretin is a good description for Stephen Miller. Oh, my God. Among other, uh, other things. Uh, After yeah, racist. <laughs> at, you know what? He's after Trump. Did we can we we just he's just in that pantheon of people within the Trump administration that you want to punch. Right. You know, yeah, we like said we had to take him off the table. We had to take him off the table when we right. said who's the most punchable person in the administration <laughs> because he wins by far. But like aside from the most obvious Stephen Miller, like you remember who is the most punchable? <laughs> Stephen Miller. <laughs> but but Ross Duhat may now be the most punchable well, because anybody who says that Stephen Miller is n- n- necessary right. gets punched. It's unbelievable. And he writes this article. He you know he drops eight hundred words on why you need somebody who is an Instructionist or somebody who is against, you know, immigration well, what's, completely what's the, to be at that negotiation table. So the, but what he is, fails, but what ahead. he fails to mention is that racists should should have no place at any negotiation table. Like that's this is what I'm talking about <laughs> normalizing, which should not ever be normal. Right. Why? Well, well, why why do somebody like this? Stephen Miller is after preventing Muslims from coming into the country. From non-whites, non-whites, yeah. from reducing Dracon- in a draconian way legal immigration, ending yeah. and and making immigration based on skill levels and education levels only, which would mean, by the way, his his great grandmother would not have <laughs> been permitted into the country because she was uneducated, and only spoke Yiddish. Thank you, my friend Jennifer Mendelson. Who has yeah. gotten a lot of uh, a lot of media attention for calling out people using her uh, her genealogical expertise, calling out people it's, who are ext- uh, immigration extremists. And, it's um, amazing that work. Yeah, and so what? That's what Stephen Miller wants. He 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 wants no brown people in the country. When 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 Trump said, "Why can't we have more people from Norway here?" That's what Stephen Miller stands for. That's what he represents right. in the White House. But and like and why said, is he necessary at the negotiating table? He's a freaking extremist. Right. right. But you know what? I'm sure we could probably find somebody with a harder line approach to immigration who's not a racist who can sit at that table. How about that? We can. How about we have, we, I'm sure we can. Who's no, not a racist? Somebody, it seems to me that know, if you have those kind of hardline views... On immigration, there's gotta be. There have to be people who have solid, sound arguments that are not based on racism, and we can disagree with the arguments. 
I don't know. It seems to me someone as hardline as that is motivated by keeping brown people out of the country. You're absolutely right, but it doesn't need to be as hardline as a fucking racist. You can be somebody who is in favor of strict immigration quotas without, I would hope you can have that position without hating brown people and Muslims and people who are not white and Christians from Norway. I'm thinking of the immigration hardliners in Congress, and I can't think of one of them who is either just being cynical because this is the moment, which right. would put them... I mean, it's, it's almost worse. that they, they don't even have a principle. They're not even... They're, not, they're, they're, they're just ciphers. They're not, they don't even have principle enough to be racist. Quote-unquote, air quotes around principle. They don't have enough, you know? And then you have just like the out-and-out racists in, in, in Congress. There was some guy from Wisconsin who was profiled in the Washington Post yesterday... Who was just, and it, you know, he was at some godforsaken place in wherever the fuck Wisconsin, talking to his constituents, just spouting racist nonsense um, about immigration and this whole thing that the attorney general Jeff Sessions, who really chafes me because he's <laughs> only interested in keeping his job. So he's and, and everybody in the Trump administration, because this is reality television, uh, has an audience of one. And so the attorney yeah. general in the United States goes out and gives these speeches about restricting immigration, including legal immigration, because of the thousands upon thousands of violent crimes that immigrants right. commit. Uh, it is an out this- and out lie. It's not even original. It's it's not Sessions, even, I will give it, Sessions, quote unquote, again, air quotes credit. He actually yeah. is a racist, so he's sticking by his, his, his racist principles. I mean, as we've discussed, he probably has a red sheet in, in, his, in his office because he's such a well, senior his, member of the Klan. Maybe in his closet. Yeah, in the closet in his office. Well, maybe at home. I don't know if he has it in his office. I don't know. I think that what they're but, doing to the Justice but, Department but, is so disturbing. He, but who worked for who? Who was Jeff Sessions' dude? Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller, right? Yeah, they're. All, I mean, but again, like I said, this is not a new. They're not making new or original arguments. This for as long as there have been immigrants and immigration to every Western country, the arguments are the same. They bring disease. They right. kill. Right. They, they rape. They, they take our jobs. They cha- they're changing our way of life. It's yeah. nothing new. They said the same thing about your great-grandparents and my great-grandparents and everybody else's great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents All of these people need to go else. to the Tenement Museum and see how <laughs> dirty all of the Irish and Italian and Jewish immigrants were. And then the, the Tenement Museum also has branches they're doing... Puerto Rican immigrants, Asian immigrants, and stuff like that. It, it is the immigrant story, uh, and and think about all of the successes. And, the, and these people are rewriting American history as a as a kind of white pure nation. That is just racist nonsense. And yeah. Ross Asshat thinks that this is a good thing to have this racist at the table. It's awful. Awful. What's wrong with the New York Times? And you know what? Dowhat or Asshat, whatever his name is, when he writes on on foreign policy stuff, he's written about the Middle East, he's just been off the wall crazy. I don't know how this guy got a column. No one says, oh, did you see? You know, there are people who you disagree with and you read and you say, wow, that was really interesting. 
That was right, an interesting perspective that I that I never thought of. That was made me think hard about my own views. Never with 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 Ross Asshat. It's just yeah. bullshit. Look, there are a lot of columnists now for the Times who are not liberal. He's not. That's a li- fine. And they, they hire them, and that is fine. But uh, but again, my point is when you say like, oh, the liberal New York Times, right, 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 right. No, 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 no. There are there are a number of columnists at the Times who Brett Stevens, right. not a liberal, right. Brett uh, is one of the most interesting conservative writers today. Yeah, David Brooks, not David, a liberal. <laughs> but whatever. Um, Ross Duhat, certainly not a liberal. There Ross are Duhat, three, total asshat. <laughs> I, I can't get over I, it. I mean, it rhymes. In my mind, it rhymes. It I don't rhyme. think it really does, but in my mind, it rhymes. Well, I think it's, it's appropriate, so <laughs> we're going to keep going with it. It fits, so why, 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 why break it? If, it? if it's not broken, why fix it? <laughs> right. But, but to say, like, no, the liberal New York Times and blah, 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 like, no, I'm tired of this already. You know and what? Presenting this, yeah. I don't think that Brett Stevens or David Brooks or even Ross Asshat are, like, and, and Michael Gerson, who writes for The Post, who I love, he's, he's, my, he's one of my favorite conservative columnists, and he's been so good on the Trump administration. Um, I don't know if you'd even consider David Frum a conservative any longer. These guys are interesting. They make you think, but they don't re- they don't represent mainstream American conservative any- anymore. That is, is now being taken over by conspiracy cons- theorists like Sean and, Hannity, and evangelicals, and, and, and evangelicals, it, it, Rush Limbaugh, and the crazy yeah. evangelicals. As I described a few weeks ago, they're, yeah. they're Jacobins. They they're not interested. They believe that they are under attack. When this, right. which is bizarre, this is this Christian nation where all of these exceptions and privileges have been cut out for white Christian people. This is their country. What the fuck are they talking about? Well, they are afraid that they're going to lose that position of privilege. And they are. And they should. So they're afraid, and they're circling the wagons now. Michelle Goldberg had an interesting piece about the evangelicals this week in the Times. um, Yes. About how they became these rabidly crazy political opportunists who would support Donald Trump, three, five children from three wives, having sex with a porn star not long after his third wife had their baby. Because they're essentially white supremacists, and right. they will as long as right. as long as somebody is working to make sure that you know they're going to outlaw abortion right. and the other social things that are important to them. Uh, as long as they're working gay towards rights. that, they can do. They can right it's rolling back gay rights. Dude, Liberty uh, University is, was based. It was founded on a, a, a racist ideas that schools should continue to be segregated. That was Jerry Falwell's. Thing that schools yeah. should be Listen. segregated. So he founded this academy that became Liberty University. Nothing could be more normalized than the idea of Liberty University, which plays That's in the true. NCAA. I mean, it was founded on this racist idea. Not only was it founded on it, it still operates under it, whether oh. they admit it or not. Oh. This is America. This has always been America. The, the the problem is we were able to marginalize or we were able to keep it on the margins for a while and now it's becoming mainstream. Uh, this 
and, and you know, obviously, I'm not the first person to say this, but the internet amplifies yeah. it, and social media amplifies it. So, well, we've, you know, we've discussed 40, this forty years ago. Yeah, but forty years ago, you'd be some racist asshole sitting in the middle of nowhere right. with these weird and beliefs, have, and you and you'd know five or six people right. who have the same beliefs. Right. But now you can get connected with the other five or six Twitter, people, and the other five or six right. people, and, and all of a sudden, when you're on Twitter, right. when you're on Twitter, and you see like there are many, many, many people who think the same way as I do, you become emboldened. Right. And you think, I'm not alone in this. And it's not, and you, it used to be like, no, no, it's not okay to say that stuff out loud. Now they're saying it out loud. Yeah. And, they, and, and, and this, they're emboldened by the White yeah. House, by Congress, by, it's crazy if you look at what, you know, the Republican National Committee has at times said that it was distancing itself from this kind of stuff, but at critical moments, and I don't, I don't think actually it ever it ever does. I think, you know, it supported Roy Moore. It defends all of these things. This is the Republican Party's base. And it's clearly, clearly resonates even even beyond. It's shocking that the president, the president's approval rating actually went up recently. It's now at 40 percent. Again, any week where he doesn't fling feces at people like it's going to hover near 40. I'm so disturbed. I mean, I'm disturbed on a variety of levels, but I'm disturbed. <laughs> so disturbed. Boy. Right, God. All right. Well, listen. Boy. I want you to do me a big favor. I want you to have a big bagel with some smoked fish oh. on it. Big mazzle. Big mazzle to to my sister and her family, your whole family. Send them my big mazzle, my congratulations. It's wonderful. Nachos to you and your family. Nachos. You should only know good things. Good we're, things. We're cavelling down here in, in Maryland. <laughs> we're cavelling. <laughs> All right, everyone. I, I, I'm gonna fell so hard <laughs> that I, I fell down. I fell so hard I can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> and now my hip needs to be replaced. Uh, I know a good orthopedist. Very uh, nice Jewish son. Jewish guy. Oh, he's very smart. <laughs> he makes a very nice living. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone. To hell. <laughs> we're on that note. We're, we're out. We're out. <laughs>